well, here we go, getting on my soapbox at the end, like I do. But I talk about work, I talk about it all. I talk about news, though, and I'm trying to take that uh, premium quality platinum plated golden content up a notch. Thanks so much for listening. It's cool. Hello, all my fine feathered friends. I wanted to catch this first. We're gonna go to a different makeshift vocal booth today. A field trip, if you will. Now I have my hands full, so hopefully I can pull this off. Yeah, I didn't pull it off, but I didn't break the coffee mug, so we're all right there. Like left the, the, lo the door unlocked, hopefully. Oh, I have to walk back up there. I have to unlock this thing. Yeah, hold on a minute. I have to start doing some premium quality platinum plated golden content for my listeners from now on. And like, here I am doing the same old episode. Wanna, you want to know why I'm doing the same old episode right now? Any cats, any takers on that? Because it's Friday. <laughs> TGIF. Take me back to the days where Rat Rat used to go, you want to go in the booth? I miss those days a lot, if I haven't said that already. If you don't know who Rat Rat is, you have to go back and listen. He's, from, he's in the beginning. He's the, my sidekick for a while. Old Rat Rat. Ratner. The rat tail. Freaking rat tail. All right, we made it safe and sound. Now let's get the podcast started. Let's get that premium quality golden platinum plated content. It's platinum plated golden content, by the way. Shall we try it again, saltines? Premium quality platinum plated golden content. Now where's my sippy cup? It's Friday. I'm going to have a bunch of sound effects and, stew in the f and stuff in the future. What am I talking about? And stew in the future. Yeah. During the week, there's going to be a couple episodes where I complain about work and stuff and get pretty heated, get all worked up. I'm going to get worked up talking about work. What's up, all my junior high school kids out there listening in podcast land? Turn it off. That might have been funny to you, but the rest of the adult listeners don't think that kind of stuff is funny. Those kind of puns, they're not funny, so don't do them. That's your public service, and the more you know. And I'd have sound effects right there, yeah. Well, yeah. Rat Rat used to do those sound effects. He used to have the hiss sound effects from uh, Sword in the Stone. No, from Robin Hood. He would do the I'd say like, and this buyout was, uh, this merger, this acquisition was for one point one billion. And I'm comfortable making those sounds now. Yeah, frog sounds, F it. But the hiss sound that I just made right there, I wish I could have a comparison so you could do a little A and B audio listening uh, experience. But, so, I'm not trying to trash anyone that I interact with in real life. Because I, I realize how, how fragile that can be with, when you're a, like a podcast host. When you're an up-and-coming podcast host and people start to listen and they start to pay attention to what you're saying... I should know this already. These are things that I should know. But it wasn't until I actually experienced it for the first time lately. And nothing bad happened. Nothing. It was more of like me self-deprecating. Like, no one listens to it anyways. No one listens to it anyway. No one listens to my podcast anyway. So who cares? Who cares? Like, it's pretty smug, right? And it's a pretty, like, conceited thing to say anyways. Um, but it's stupid. It, that kind of attitude is dumb and that kind of behavior is dumb and I can't act that way anymore. So I, I'm always on the kick like I'm right. 
I know, I'm right. I'm always right. Oh, don't worry, babe. Don't worry, I'm right. Yeah, so my point is, sometimes I'm going to talk about real life experiences here. I'm going to try and keep the identities as vague as possible. But I, I know that if my fans and listeners tuning in at home, I know that some of my fans in real life who know me in real life, they'll be like, he's talking about me. Like, that's about me. He's referencing me right there. He might not have said my name directly. He might not have even like, whatever, uh, <laughs> identified me in the social hierarchy of things. But still, that he's talking about me. Blaine Vera's talking, and not in, a, not in a nice light, nice lighting. Sippy cup. No, there's no cats in this makeshift. Uh-uh, not in here. I like this one better, actually. It's actually like a vocal booth, not for a choir. Well, I made it, so... Uh, but I don't have all my microphones. I don't have all my professional gear. Where did it go? I sold it. I had to. I had no choice. I had no freaking choice. I had to sell it all because I needed to survive. I needed food to eat because of the generous Swedish welfare programs that we have here in the United States. Sweden, where are you at? Get in here. I'm talking about you. Get over here real quick. No, actually, the social programs, the, so- the social welfare programs in the United States is actually not generous at all. And you have to qualify for them and you don't qualify for whatever reason. Oh, you're a student? Oh, that's transitory, transitioning housing. We can't pay for you because you're, you're poor. So you have to go over here and fill out this paperwork instead. But I already filled out that paperwork instead. And I was directed over here to fill out this paperwork instead. Next. Yeah, but I'm going to be on the street here pretty soon. Next. Do you got... Can you give me any money? Can you give me any money? No? All right. Next. I already said all right. I'm on my way out. Next. Stop saying that. I'm standing right here. And there's no one next in line. I'm on my way out. Next. Stop freaking saying that. I'm right here. Next. All right. All right. Next. Trying to be funny. I'm trying to get the quality of the content. I'm trying to take it up a notch. Like I said yesterday, but it's Friday. It's Friday. So for those new fans and listeners tuning in at home, my podcast is... Uh, roughly not to be taken seriously. Mostly. Mostly a goof. Um, I talk about important hard-hitting issues. I talk about local issues and stuff, but it's my opinion. And a lot of it's just like, oh, Bling's acting nuts again. Is it a character? Is it him? Is it really him, though? Is that how he really acts in real life? Or is he just, like, quiet and a jerk in real life? Not even funny. Just all cold and callous. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. Depends on the full moon, really. I think the next full moon is its actually probably coming up here. So a week prior to the full moon, Bling goes cuckoo's nest. So keep a lookout for that. I think we'll ha- I'll have to look. We'll look and do some headlines and stuff. I thought we'd do some national news headlines just like the old days. We'll get to it in the second segment. Um, like Rat Rat, when, back when Rat Rat was around. I used to, this podcast started, broken record time, guys, listen up. When this, when this podcast first started... I was just trying to teach myself how to record and read at the same time. I was like, you know what? We're in this studio apartment. We got the studio. We got all this equipment. 
why don't I do a podcast? That consisted of me reading Wall Street Journal headlines. And I thought, well, you're into trading. You're good at trading. So, yeah. Well, that ship has sailed, though. Special thanks goes out to eBay. eBay, the unsafe marketplace, garbage company. Are you looking to lose money? Are you trying to sell your items and not expect to be paid for them? Do you need to sell money for rent, car payment, phone payment, phone bill? And you need that money probably within two weeks' time? Well, with eBay's managed payout system, you won't get paid for those items that you sold and shipped. The buyer, sure, the buyer might have received the items on April 11th, but don't expect that payment until what, June, July? Is that cool? Uh, how much did you need? How much were you, how much did you sell those items for? Fifteen hundred and seventy-five dollars. Ho! And you need it for rent and car and phone. Uh, and when did you need it? By we you sold it. They got them on April eleventh. And when did you need that money by for rent? April sixteenth. Ah, it's a tall order, bling. That's a tall order. Look, they have their items. They received them. There's no complaints. They got them within a week's time of buying. But we're going to permanently suspend your account, and we're not going to tell you why. How about that? You can go right to the state, uh, unclaimedfunds.gov, and get your money that way. <laughs> okay, eBay. All right. 20 years, huh? I've, done, I've been doing this for 20 years, and you guys are going to do this, like, right here at the end? Well, <laughs> you guys were stalking your... Uh, head of security was stalking people in inner interstate cyber stalking. Wow. It, they flew first class from California over to Boston, Massachusetts, Natick, Massachusetts. How many were involved? The, wait, the CEO texts the head of security, take her down because she was writing a blog. E- it was it e-commerce bites, e-commerce bites. We're just getting a little too critical of the crappy company that is ebay ebay the unsafe marketplace all right so speaking of ebay speaking of e-commerce let's go over there and let's just take a little look look see at e-commerce bites all right this is a little bit older news and if you're not familiar everything i said in the first segment was absolutely 100 percent accurate and true and that's ebay's the ceo Whatever, this current CEO is a fall guy, but I'm not going to get into that right now. I, the no-name CEO right now. Paul S. Pressler is the one, I think, uh, responsible for this uh, carpet. But anyway, anyway. The reader explained PayPal transaction detailed pages currently are showing a link called Get More Details in Your PayPal China Account. The link URL begins with pay, 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 like PayPal, well, PayPa, there's no L. .cn, not paypal.cn. This seems to be happening to many, but not all PayPal accounts. Some users are suspecting that PayPal has been hacked. Sellers are discussing the issue on the PayPal community boards in a thread title. What does get more details in your PayPal China account mean? A seller said hovering over the link indicated it would lead to paypa.cn. Note the missing letter L in the URL. Paypa. Paypa. Papa. So that's the type of uh, cybersecurity that we have now. That was all the way from the beginning of October. Don't worry, we'll get to some other national news in a second here. But I just wanted to add 
my little two cents, if I don't mind, I should get some more coffee, but we're out here in the vocal booth and I don't want to. So I need to get an assistant. I need to get another rat rat. This wasn't a Friday. I wouldn't say this. I need another rat rat. I need another rat rat assistant. Yeah, bring me your podcast. If it was just regular during the week, I wouldn't goof around like that. I'd be just serious. I'd be all mad. I don't know if you guys picked up on a little Bruce Springsteen there. I'll get to that in a second. <clears throat> to talk, lots to talk about. So the PayPal thing, the paypod.cn. I, I don't use PayPal. I haven't for a while. Um, basically because, well, I'll tell you why. It's a two-factor authorization garbage. And I have a lot to say about it. I have a lot to say about it. Last time I used it was probably in November of 2020-ish, probably right around there. I needed money to survive and I was just selling stuff. And it was before eBay's managed payouts stole your money. So you could still get paid when, after selling things. I forget what I sold, but I'm going to say, yeah, probably some, oh, it was, um, I sold uh, some like drone stuff, some like quadcopter stuff, some equipment, whatever, no big deal. Like, yeah, whatever. It still wasn't enough um, to pay for the, the weekly room I was staying in, but that's a whole different story altogether. <laughs> that's a whole different story altogether. The paypod.cn thing is interesting to me because I think eBay has been hacked or infiltrated. I think that they were using servers that were compromised. And I've done a lot of detective work and research on this, so I'm a total expert. I mean, there's so many variables and uh, issues with eBay's website now lately that it's just really not safe to even go on. And I think that rings true for a lot of sites linked to eBay and a lot of... Um, like PayPal, a lot of financial sites too, a lot. And my theory is this, I have a bunch of different theories. I mean, there's, there's no way to know for sure what's going on. Um, I think it's a combination of different things, but ultimately those breaches that you heard about back in 2014 and eight years ago and however many years ago in 2016, and there's another breach and uh, even LinkedIn had 750 million, uh, 750 million users compromised their data compromised in some breach, right? And that's just with LinkedIn, all professional and whatever. Like, I don't go on LinkedIn anymore because of that. It's like, I don't want my, I don't want my information out there. I don't want to log in. So it's, oh, he, he just logged in. Let's go steal his information and wreck his life even more. And I used to be one of those people that was like, oh, take my information. It doesn't matter. It's safe. It's safe. But it wasn't until eBay stole my money. I was like, this isn't safe. Like, this isn't safe anymore. The internet's not safe. I'm, I couldn't make my rent payment. My car got repoed. Like, it, it turned my life upside down. And who has to suffer the consequences? Not eBay. And not whoever was responsible for whatever, whatever security they wanted to implement for whatever reason and not tell me. I don't know. And then I don't think I ever will. But I think the reason why I don't know and that why the, they won't tell me or anyone they just have these codes to um, identify whatever problem issue you were having. I think the reason why they're not telling you and just using codes is their website is compromised. The entire website, the data infrastructure of eBay, their servers, whatever, I think it's just compromised and they know it. And so instead of saying, well, it's a man in the middle attack, I've talked about this in previous episodes, so go back and listen. But instead of it, instead of them saying like, it's called a man in the middle attack, it's when 
our servers got compromised, then they stand in the middle. So what ends up happening is you log in, you, th you think you're going to eBay, and you kind of do, but it's just like a clone page. It's, um, it's an identical landing page to where you put in your credentials, log in, whatever, your, your username, and then you go to eBay. Except they hold on to that information and so your all your information gets sent to them first, their their servers, and then they're like, okay, we got his log information, his password. Now send him back over to eBay and log him in. I don't know how it works exactly, because I'm not part of that organized crime ring that is responsible for doing the man in the middle attacks. But I imagine it's some sort of state sponsored, possibly, or sophisticated hardware and some sophisticated technicians, I'd imagine. But instead of eBay saying, well, our, our website was compromised, we bought some servers from somebody a long time ago. We went, they, they, what eBay did back in 2018, and this is just eBay specifically, because I did a lot of research and I wanted some answers, people. And I never got them. eBay switched their entire, like, I guess what, uh, yeah, data infrastructure uh, to separate servers, to their own, no, um, I will anyway. They switched a bunch of stuff around in 2018. Knowing eBay, they probably got some really good deals on these servers. And um, earlier this year, someone was busted for selling compromised servers to companies. Cisco Systems um, pirated software and servers that were refurbished to look like new in China. They look like the real thing. They look like stickers, all that, like decals. Um except some of the hardware was changed or firmware was changed, they, were, they could be hacked. And so you have these major, major companies buying these servers from, a, I guess, a Cisco server dealer. Billions of dollars, I guess, is what he ended up, like, yeah, scamming people out of, selling these cheaper servers that looked new, came from China, had Cisco pirated software on it for cheap. So if you're in the capitalist society and you oh, get a good deal on that one, at the expense of everyone else, um, your whole entire data infrastructure gets compromised, but you get a good deal on those servers, so screw it. Now, I can't say that's what happened at eBay because they never told me, but I have a lot of different theories. But just keep in mind that their head of security flew first class to Massachusetts to terrorize a couple who had the e-commerce blogs, blog, e-commerce bites blog, whatever. All right, we had to switch booths, but this, this booth is good too. I like this one too. The setting isn't as intimate, but it's still good. It's too intimate. But anyway, I have a ton of theories on what happened to eBay besides the, the lack of leadership that they don't, or, yeah, that they don't have, the leadership that they don't have whatever, PayPal, uh, similar story. Something happened here in the world and uh, we just went to war with Russia, just kind of out of the blue, right? I mean, to protect Ukraine. Because I know everyone was talking about how much they cared about Ukraine. Every time I was at the store, they're like, I care so much about Ukraine prior to all of this happening. So many Ukrainians here in Salt Lake City. I mean, like everywhere you go, it's like Ukraine. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, I actually never met one person from Ukraine here in Salt Lake. Not one. I know we all care about it so much. I know, because it's like 
on the other side of the world. Um, you can't get there really by foot or drive there. Not from here, at least. You'd have to fly there. So I know that there's a ton of, you know, the proximity itself. It's like something happened in the world. And with Russia and getting ripped off and e-commerce and cybersecurity and cyber threats, I think this is kind of a part of it. They've been skimming off of citizens and stuff for a long time and getting away with it. And then they found out. And... But I think with cybersecurity in the United States being as weak as it was or as weak as it is, um, social engineering, the post-pandemic dystopian present that we're living in now, I think it allowed, it opened the doors of opportunity for uh, cyber criminal, for, for predators, essentially. Um, I've said it before, the, the Peregrine Falcon um, population here in Salt Lake City, I've never seen one before the past year. Like, it was on my list. I wanted to see one so bad. They had a couple of peregrine falcons that came annually, um, perennially. Is that one, right? Maybe that's what they're called, peregrine. I don't know, anyway. They'd come annually, lay eggs. There was like a 24-hour live stream of these eggs in this nest, and it's on the Joseph Smith Memorial Building, if that's what it's still called. But the building next to the Salt Lake City Mormon Temple, the LDS Temple, downtown Salt Lake City, these peregrine falcons... A couple, because I'm pretty sure they mate for life, or at least for a long a couple seasons, or rather, while they're rearing, while they still have fledglings. When I first read about that, I was like, they're in downtown Salt Lake? No way, I want to go see one. And all you could do was just get close enough to see the box. There's a box on the north side of the building, all the way at the top, the north, uh, what, northeast corner of the building. So all you could do was just see this box, and then you could go to the live stream for the babies, Mm -hmm. Little baby birds. I think Mama Bird goes out and hunts while Daddy Bird stays home and watches the rears of the young. I'm not uh, entirely positive they both take turns, but I think Mama Bird does most of the, of the hunting. And what did we talk about earlier? When there's a size difference in both parents, the male and female. We talked about with the anglerfish, pretty big size difference with the female and male. It's called sexual dimorphism. So you have sexual dimorphism with peregrine falcons too. The male is a little bit smaller than the female, and I think, you know, making the female more aggressive and uh, able to dispatch prey. I'm pretty sure she does the hunting, just like a lion uh, pride will do. The males stay home and mate, and then the pride of lions goes out and hunts. The lionesses. But the past year, after the, you know, post-pandemic dystopian present that we're in right now, I started seeing... Well, I, you can go back and listen. I actually caught it. Um, I caught the falcon, yeah, in my bare hands. I caught it recording it. Um, we were in the Mount Olive Cemetery and minding our own business. And uh, we were on a, coincidentally enough, it was my nature show and my nature special. And I was not anticipating to see peregrine falcons at all. It's the fastest animal on the planet. And I've wanted to see one for years. And then there, there it was right there in the cemetery. And not only that, there was a family of them. There was two fledglings, I believe, at the top of this tree, the tip top, tippy top. And then Mama Falcon was, I think, coordinating with Daddy Falcon. I could hear him in different parts of the cemetery and there was a squirrel. There, there are tons of squirrels in the cemetery and uh, also just different forms of wildlife. I think there's even like just rodents and stuff running around. Um, and that squirrel population exploded during the pandemic, when everyone was just gone. 
remember thinking, like, well, with all these squirrels, there's going to be more birds of prey. And sure enough, there's a, a family of them right there. And I've seen more of them. I've seen one over here, even in Taylorsville, a family, uh, at least a male and a female. Uh, and I saw one just before my skateboard got stolen uh, in the black Dodge Challenger license plate U536ZP. What appeared to be a black male, but yeah, we're not going to go into that at all today. So I've seen those birds around. My point is, it, in biology, if you have that just in the, the explosion of rodents, explosion of prey, what you had during the pandemic, if you apply that to human beings, uh, if you, you know, if you stay with me here, have an open mind, you have people staying at home, spending money, their, their pandemic money, their uh, whatever it was called, right? I never got mine, but yeah, the relief fund or whatever it was called. I never got mine, so um, yeah, lucky me, right? Too busy trying to survive and hey, where's my where's my check at? Where's my, where's that at? I, I don't I don't know where it is. I'm, I don't care. Never got it. You had all these people spending money at home, uh, buying things at home, so there was the explosion of that, and along with that, in my opinion, just the, you know. If you can, if you're capable of just kind of like, oh, yeah, more predators online, sure, yeah, more squirrels and stuff in the in real world, and then more, more predators online taking advantage of people, um, waiting, lying in wait. So I think that happened here with the United States and their uh, infrastructure, their, their, their data infrastructure of many, many companies. They started to get found out. Um, some of the servers were, yeah, from China and uh, pirated software, all that stuff. But all that information was being fed along to state agencies abroad. Some of it useful, some of it not useful. Like, there's tons of data out there. There's just tons of it. And if you're cleaning it up and harvesting it right, I'm sure that they are. Whichever state organization is, you know, behind it, and I'm sure there's many, they probably have a lot of information. What was that other solar winds? It's called solar winds, I think. The solar winds data breach, I think is what it was called. But like that was massive. I think even the Pentagon was hacked. Like th there's, it's not just PayPal and eBay and other shitty companies like eBay. It's happening at major levels, all levels of government and et cetera. Where's my proof? That's just a bunch of theories that I have, but yeah. <laughs> Get me behind a computer, I'll show you proof. Give me some access to something, I'll figure it out. Anyway, we're in the third segment. Yeah, so I think there, I have some different theories. Give me a computer with some hardware acceleration and a fast network. Man, the things I could accomplish. It's too bad I have to just get a shitty job somewhere and not actually do any real work. Well, do dishes, it's not mindless. So. We're just going to go ahead and go, we're just going to go, I'm out of here. No, um, we're going to go to Google and we're just going to click on news. And from there, we're just going to look up national. Well, actually, we're going to do a little Google search and we're going to go national news is what we're going to type in. And we're just going to go from there. Top stories. Husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi violently assaulted in California. Home break in. Hmm, you guys want to read on, read, well, let's read on that one, might as well. This is U.S., according to U.S. News, sign in with Google, no thanks. Husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, v <clears throat> try it again. Husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi 
violently assaulted in California home break-in. The house be... Hold on, we got a pop-up here. I have to pay money. Freaking paywall. Pop-up. Don't stop doing that, companies. U.S. News, that's not good marketing stuff. Knock that off. It's annoying. Makes me want to leave your site. Not pay for it. Let me subscribe. Oh, you just ruined what I was trying to do. Let me subscribe to it. <laughs> it's like, let me go somewhere that doesn't have these pop-ups. I'll subscribe to that instead. Husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi violently assaulted in California home break-in. The House Speaker's husband was hospitalized after the attack and is expected to make a full recovery, a spokesman for Pelosi said. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband was um, attacked at the couple's San Francisco home early Friday. The California lawmaker's office said in a statement early this morning, an assailant broke into the Pelosi residence in San Francisco and violently assaulted Mr. Pelosi. A spokesman for Speaker Nancy Pelosi said in a statement, the assailant is in custody and the motivation for the attack is under investigation. According to the spokesman, Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, was taken to the hospital and is expected to make a full recovery. The House Speaker, who is second in line to the presidency and has a security detail, was not in San Francisco at the time of the attack. Her office said, Pelosi, who has for years been the subject of violent threats, has been campa campaigning with Democrats around the country for the upcoming midterm elections. The Speaker and her family are grateful to the first responders and medical professionals involved and request privacy at this time. Yeah, I'll say. I wonder if it was random or if... Truly, I wonder if that... Um, for the sixth time this year, human remains were found at Lake Mead. This is according to NBC News. Better not give me a pop-up. Don't give me a pop-up and a paywall. Don't do it. Let's do it. Okay, hang on. For the sixth time this year, human remains were found at Lake Mead. Foul play is not suspected, a park spokesman, spokesperson said Thursday. More human remains were found at Lake Mead National Recreation Area in Nevada, marking the sixth discovery this year at the country's largest reservoir, a spokesperson for the federal park said Thursday. The skeletal remains were found in Colville Bay, an area roughly 30 miles east of Las Vegas, after a diver found what appeared to be a human bone on October 17th, a spokesperson said in an email. A National Park Service dive team carried out a full search the next day and confirmed a finding of skeletal remains the spokesperson said. Foul play is not suspected, the spokesperson said. The, the Park Service contacted the Clark County Coroner's Office to convert, confirm the person's identity. A spokesperson for Clark County did not immediately respond to a request for comment Thursday. Other sets of remains were found on May 1st, May 7th, July 25th, August 6th, and August 15th. The first set of remains was found in what a witness described as a 50-gallon drum at Hemingway Harbor, about 30 miles south of Colville Bay. The person who has not been publicly identified appeared to have been fatally shot decades ago, Las Vegas police has said. Okay, well, let's keep reading, huh? Take the third segment till the cows come home. Let me get a little sippy cup. All right, let's keep going. Next. What's next? Making all these frog sounds now. National Geographic reveals. Well, let's go to some real news here. Cause some breaking news. Um. Yeah, let's do that. Here we go. This is according to the Pew Research Center. 
U.S. adults under 30 now trust information from social media almost as much as from national news outlets. Americans have long been much more likely to trust information from local and national news organizations than information on social media sites. This remains the case today, except among the youngest adults. Adults under 30 are now almost as likely to trust information from social media sites as they are to trust information from national news outlets. In a recent Pew Research Center survey, half of 18 to 29-year-olds in the United States say they have some or a lot of trust in the information they get from social media sites. Just under the 56% who say they, the, same, the same about information from national news organizations, but somewhat below the 62% who say whatever. Okay. The share of adults under 30 who express at least some trust in information from social media is at its highest level, while the, while the share with the trust, oh, whatever. I'm not going to try and tongue twisters. Got any more brain busters? Not today. There's an airplane flying overhead. Hang on. There's an F-35. Hang on. I'm not kidding. We saw them. We saw them flying overhead. They were loud, and they were interesting airplanes. I've seen them before at Pineview when I was fishing there. Yeah. But that was years ago. That was like four years ago. I lifted my fishing pole up, like to wave at them. I'm pretty sure it did the wingtip thing, and they took off, but I could have just been seeing I could have just been imagining it. It's cool, though. It was worth the trip. I didn't catch any tiger muskies that day. It was a different time back then, though. It was a major, like, it was a different time back then. They don't write these articles to read. So I've got to do better at kind of just going uh, and sort of editing it as I'm reading it, which is not, it's kind of like translation, I, I would imagine. Okay, let's go with, um, what do you guys want to, uh, burn boss, arrest in flames, western land used, what, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Uh... What do you guys want to read? Anything? Let's... Uh, this is not good content. This is not platinum plated. Premium quality. It's not premium quality. Turn, turn, don't turn it off. Don't turn it off, please. Platinum plated, premium quality, golden content. It's premium quality, platinum plated, golden content. Let's just go with Salt Lake City and then we'll hit news. All right? Let's do it that way. Well, here we go. Charges filed against Salt Lake City police officer accused of sexual battery in the workplace. Okay. This is according to Fox 13. This is a Salt Lake City. This is a local Salt Lake City. Charges were filed Wednesday against a Salt Lake City police department officer who was accused of sexual battery that occurred while in the workplace. Jeffrey Kevin Lussel, 52, faces two counts of sexual battery, a Class A misdemeanor. Court documents state that a woman was attending a work training session in May when she felt a hand, a hard slap, on her butt, which jolted her body. Mm. <laughs> she turned around and saw Lucille behind her, making direct eye contact with her. <laughs> documents report. The woman said she was slapped again on the butt with an unknown object. Damn. Charging documents state. The next day, documents report the woman confronted Lucille with another colleague, and he did not deny slapping her, saying he needed to get her attention. A week later, the woman's husband said Lucille reached out to him and apologized to him. Lucille told the husband he thought of his wife as one of the guys and admitted to smacking her with a boxing glove. In an interview with a unified police department detective, Lucille said he used a boxing glove to get the woman's attention and he was unsure where it touched. Yeah, sure he was. Chief Mike Brown sent a memo to... I love how the police lie. I don't, I don't know where... I don't... 
I don't know. I didn't do it. I don't. It's a boxing glove. I don't. It's a. I wasn't. Didn't know. It's like okay, yeah. Sit down with some interrogation. Yeah, it's essential our workplace remains. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Good one, police. Um, let's see what else is next here. Do we have any national news? Bureau of uh, well, let's keep reading. Let's just. Uh, is there isn't there something that you can I can click on that goes to national news around here? There's a big fire here. Um, let's see, stolen truck. Oh. That's not good. Let's try and find some national news. Just give me one second here. All right, took a little break there. Got some coffee. I'll have to get another refill. Honk if you see me, honk if you don't. The New York Times, inflation and wages continue to climb rapidly in bad news for the Fed. The Federal Reserve's preferred inflation measures showed that price gains remain fast in September and a gauge of wages it watches closely is climbing quickly. That's the spiral we don't want to get into. Economic data on Friday brought troubling news for Federal Reserve officials who are trying to rein in the fastest inflation in decades. Prices are still rising quickly. Wages are rising rapidly too. And the strong consumer demand that is helping to fuel the inflationary fire shows little sign of letting up. The data from two separate government reports wasn't a surprise and included hints of progress, but it was confirmation of the challenges facing policymakers and further evidence that their aggressive efforts to constrain the economy are taking time to have a significant effect. The Fed's preferred measure of inflation, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Price Index, climbed by 6.2% in the year through September, in line with the increase the month before, the Commerce Department said Friday. After stripping out food and fuel, which can be volatile from month to month, prices increased by 5.1% over the past year, a brisker increase than the 4.9% in the year through August. Both of those inflation measures are rising faster than the 2% rate that the Fed targets on average and over time. As central bankers try to predict when inflation will slow, they are watching for any sign that the labor market is loosening up and that rapid wage growth is moderating. It would, excuse me, it would be difficult for inflation to decelerate with pay climbing at the pace it has recently. Companies facing heftier labor bills generally try to pass at least some of those cost increases onto consumers. The Employment Cost Index, a quarterly inflation measure from the Labor Department that tracks changes in wages and benefits, climbed by 1.2% from June to September, matching what economists in a Bloomberg survey had expected. The index picked up by 5% on a yearly basis, down slightly from 5.1% in the previous report. In the decade leading up to the pandemic, that figure averaged 2.2% yearly gains, underscoring how rapid today's rate is. A measure that tracks wages and salaries in the private sector showed a more pronounced slowdown, which some economists greeted as a helpful sign. Even so, the upshot was that pay growth while showing some hints of moderation under the surface, remains unusually rapid. You, it's um, I know it's called some spiral, right? Like the, the wage spiral or whatever it's called. I, I, yeah, should know what I'm talking about, but I don't. Um, when wages increase at the same rate as inflation, you get caught in this trap, right? Similar to a poverty trap. I don't think there's really any way to get around this in like a nice way. I don't think there's a. Um, 
a soft landing or a soft crash. I haven't even looked at the markets um, in probably over a month now because I, it will make me depressed. Um, the opportunities that I would have missed and all that, I can't, I can't do it because it really will make me depressed. The, the life that I had once before that was market related. Um, I should have had another, I should have had another shot at it, but well, we won't go down that rabbit hole today. Probably be doing just fine, but instead, yeah, I'm homeless. We're not doing that. We're not talking about that. I think, um, the the disconnect between between the Fed, even just between we can say like white collar workers and blue collar workers, and then also just the labor, just regular workers, that unskilled skilled labor, entry level or what have you, the disconnect between each of those categories, in my opinion, is just that it's a disconnect. They their people are not understanding how hard it is to survive uh, out there. In, in the real world, right? I'm learning firsthand how difficult it is to survive so much so that I, I'm like, screw it. I'm not gonna do that. Like, I got, yeah, I will live on the street. And to some people that sounds absolutely nuts, right? Like, why would you choose to be homeless? Why would you, why would you just give up? It's, it's cause it, it, you could work all day, a 40 hour work week. You could work more than two jobs, 80 hours. Come on, hey, work two shitty jobs. Um, I'm not going to do it because I've already done that. And to just keep struggling, it's like, why don't I just hang out on the street instead so that I don't have to just waste my life. I can actually just, I guess, daydream, look at the clouds or something. But <laughs> like, I would get way more fulfillment out of life than being miserable all day because that's what a shitty job would be, miserable the entire day for eight hours a day. And you're not even, it, the worst part about it it's not so much the work or anything like that. It's, it's the fact that when you get your paycheck, it's, it doesn't, you don't have extra. You don't have anything. You can't buy lunch. You can't go out to dinner. You don't have any extra money. So it is, I mean, it's like slavery. It really is by definition, by definition, it's like slavery. We're not going to try and get race involved when it comes to slavery but it truly is like slavery. And you're in a country that is supposed to be the wealthiest or whatever, the most freest nation in the world. Um, then you, this country that should be the, let's get the garbage truck, hang on. I'm gonna get worked up. I'm gonna get worked up in this third segment to do a fourth dimension maybe, it's Friday. I knew it, I'm gonna get worked up talking about, talking about it, talking about work, here we go. Is that a bus full of lawyers I hear outside, or... Oh, it's just a garbage truck. It's Bling's stand-up comedy hour on Fridays, too. I come up with lawyer jokes. Zingers, too. That was a zinger. Just on a side note here, because it is Friday, I think if cats walked upright, I'd probably like them a lot more. I'd probably be, like, more into the idea of owning a cat. But they don't walk on two feet. Maybe someday they will. When they evolve to grow, to grow closer to man, some lab tests go wrong and their DNA mixes with man, they start walking upright and become super intelligent. Like that one gremlin from Gremlins 2, the new batch, the smart one. He had an English accent, I think, I'm pretty sure. Here's, here's the problem here with working. When you walk out at the end of the day, of a, a long, rewarding day of honest labor, and you, you know 
that that entire day that you spent in the kitchen or doing whatever, washing, scrubbing, scrubbing toilets, whatever it was, whatever that shitty job was that no one wants to take because it doesn't pay enough and it's a shitty job. When you're walking out at the end of the day, you know that you just did it for free. Or I, I guess it does cost, yeah, employers have to pay. So you didn't do it for free. Someone has to pay, I guess, on, I don't know, how does that work? I guess an employer has to prove to the government that they're not, that they don't have slaves, that there's no slave labor. So in that sense, they have to have a payroll, right? But if you're waiting tables and don't get any tips because everyone's broke, <laughs> kind of like how, how it works today, and you're basically just working for this restaurant, um, you're basically a slave for the restaurant, right? Or am I not? Are we not in the circle? The nest? You waited on tables for eight hours a day, hearing, a waiter, how much is this? Do I get a discount? Oh, that means I get a discount, right? You listen to that all day, and this isn't cooked right. I don't like the way this tastes. Could you take this back and cook this more? This is too well done now. You listen to that all day, and you're on your feet all day, spilled stuff. Coworkers are smacking your behind with a boxing glove. What? What? I didn't know. I, I wasn't even sure. I don't know. But you walk out at the end of the day and you're out of gas and you can't buy food. Um, it, it, like, but you worked all day. You put in all that time all day, but you don't have any money for gas or food just to go back and forth from work. It's weird, right? Like, what's the point of that? I guess, I guess it's to have a roof over your head, a place to live and to have like, some sustenance, some food like some way to survive. But like, why not just live off the land then? Why, why not just try and, and I'm not talking about starting a compound or like, let's survive. Let's like go in the wilderness and, and build tents and stuff. Like you can live on the street, man, you can. I, I'm not trying to convert anyone to living on the street. I don't live on the street right now myself. I don't. I'm trying to prepare for it. So it's not a total shock. And I've been trying to prepare for it since April. And by that, um, I started talking to people on the street. I started to get to know them. They disappear fast. Sometimes they're there for weeks and then you go back and they're not there anymore. They're just gone. You don't know where they are. No one knows where they went. You might be able to kind of ask um, some people on the street, like, hey, do you know where so-and-so went? And they might. But they might, they'll probably think you're a cop. They probably won't tell you where they went. They probably won't tell you anything. And they'll probably like start walking away faster. But if you familiarize yourself with the homeless population out there, and it exists and it's getting, it's growing, it's getting bigger. If you start to familiarize yourself with them and you gain their trust and become, I guess, a member of their community almost, everybody's stealing everyone's stuff all the time. It exists on the internet if you have a house. Um, if you have a nice house, a big house, and a fast internet connection, you, you can still get stuff stolen from. Your house can get broken into, uh, Speaker Pelosi. So you, it doesn't really matter um, what part of society that you're in. Uh, like thievery and dishonesty and corruption and just jerks exist everywhere. Uh, on, uh, probably more on the street, I would imagine, or at least more frequent or more common because um, nobody cares about <laughs> and no one's going to go to the police because the police are no help 
Like it, it's stressful, right? When everything starts falling apart, you start to lose everything. Um, and you start to realize like, you start to come to the realization, I might end up on the street here. Like that, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow. Whoa, what's that noise? Oh, it's the lawyer bus. I mean, the garbage truck. Ramping out the lawyer uh, break room. I mean, the dumpster. Can I get an amen on that one? But when reality starts to settle in, when, when you let that sink in, um, it's not easy to do. It's not fun. I, I think it's like, um, like you can start to have an identity crisis, really. And if you're old like me, it turns into this midlife identity crisis. And then that kind of morphs into this existential crisis to where it's like, did I, am I, do I actually exist here? Or am I just, is this some sort of weird dream that I'm just imagining like this? Like, yeah, it, it, <laughs> when I was getting followed by the repo company, man, like cuckoo's nest, la la land, I was not there anymore. And it turns into this like really weird, unhealthy mental, um, atmosphere and, uh, prescription for just a really unhealthy mental, um, state to be, to be caught in. Luckily, luckily, I had someone who at least understood where I was coming from and cared enough to like understand like what just what exactly what was happening. I think also that person recognized the potential probably, but also just they, they recognized how scared and just like the um, just my appearance itself it's like skinny, lonely, <laughs> skinny and lonely. But like I, I looked scared. I looked like that freaking fox that was getting chased in the Sword of the Stone. I looked like that fried fox, except the human version. But it sucks. It, it sucks getting to that level of desperation and just like this isn't happening, is it? Especially when you're right at the finish line, when you when you complete everything everyone told you to do and you do it. Broken record time. Everyone turn it up. Sweden, get in here. Where are you at, Sweden? Get in here. That's pretty terrifying. I'll have to admit, it's pretty ter and it sucks. Your credit score, your credit history, all those payments that you made, everything's just like down the drain. Everything's just gone. I realize this probably isn't an option for those with children or those with offspring, um, with responsibilities to take care of your children and to pay for them. And also I think there's probably that innate, the, the inerrant, um, just uh, um, human... Uh, responsibility like this is my young that I have to care for I have to watch out for this young I'm probably a little bit more maternal but it still exists there I think just overall that that the maternal instinct it's not always present but there's also I think a paternal instinct if anything if anything just that uh, overall feeling of responsibility like a pet owner like I can't I have to have a place to live I'm sorry if comparing your children to pets is inappropriate, but I don't have any kids, so I don't, I can't, I can't uh, really identify other than a pet, which I do have had some experience on, um, like feeling like, okay, well, I can't just leave it out outside in the cold, or I can't just abandon it. I, of course I could. Um, I could give it to the shelter or do whatever, or just leave it outside and, and probably get away with it, right? It's cruelty or whatever, but it's not like I have to do it. There's no one taking notes all day on what I'm doing with my pet or not, or taking care of it.
but there's still that responsibility as a pet owner, like that, that love that you have for your pet. So I imagine that is like on a different level when you have children of your own. So in that light and to that end, it, it's not, it, I can't imagine it's like an option um, for, for most or for some to, who have children to be like, well, I guess I'm on the street now. Like, let me just get the kid. Let me gather the children. Like, I don't think that's how it would work. It, it There's probably a lot more um, options, I guess, as far as like uh, emergency funding. So my opinion is sort of only valid if you're completely alone or if no one cares. Like, um, there's enough... I guess, social concern for human beings' life for the most part to where they're not just going to let... It happens. It still happens. People live in their car and stuff and live out in the street all the time. But um, I think there's enough social concern to, to at least give you, like, some oatmeal or something and, and give you a place to stay, a priority for um, single mothers and single... Yeah, parents uh, and children. However, it's still not enough like enough to live comfortably the um i guess the social really like the the social concept of of work is so flawed and it's like well you know single mother working two jobs like why though like why are we allowing that to happen why isn't she staying home and like taking care of and like i'm not criticizing anyone specifically at all i just think the concept is totally flawed uh, I don't know, relationships don't work out and everything. Anyway, anyway. I guess the catalyst for all of this, in conclusion, I'll probably wrap it up here, yeah. I'll, I need to. It's getting a little bit long-winded. Too little, a little too opinionated there, Bling. In conclusion, I'd like to end this Friday podcast. The catalyst for all this, I think, was those F-35s. It, um, and then also yesterday talking to uh, someone who's like, yeah, anyway, anyway, I won't get into that. But the catalyst for all this was definitely the F-35. My anti-work catalyst. Now, where's the soapbox at? Where's it at? Get it over Sweden, get over here. Actually, I'm going to get another cup of coffee. Because I'm, yeah, probably got a little bit of a rant left in me. Because, like, I'll admit, I have, I do have a, believe it or not, I have a patriotic American side to me. I really do. However, that has been fractured ever since 2016 when politics divided this country. I'm not blaming either presidential candidate in 2016 at all. It was fractured the society, the politics of society fractured. Like we chose to hate each other based on a political party. Admittedly, I was kind of fueling the fire a little bit on that, but like I was doing it from like a playful sort of like life life goes on you know this president won whatever i'm gonna wear a red hat or or not like i'm gonna be a kathy griffin and have a decapitated president like it, it it got so extreme to where people started hating each other at work um on the street just based on a hat that you wore but these people hold on there's an f-35 i don't really talk about politics specifically anymore because of how bad it got i used to be pretty into it and could hold my own in a political conversation i think but i don't do it anymore because people will hate you for your political opinion sometimes it's just your opinion 
they'll hate you. And it's a party of inclusion and we love all and everyone should be accepted. Except we hate you if you wear a red hat. Like, I'm not, I don't like that. Like, no, I, what red hat? I'm not, I'm not, no, I don't know. I don't know anything about politics. I'm just walking through here. Like, don't burn me at the stake here. Vote for something different and end up getting something vastly, vastly different. Not what you expected, not what anyone expected. Anyway, that's American politics. Thank you. So I do have a political side. I do have a patriotic American side, I think, um, to a degree. But it's been diminished since 2016. That's that that whole political tirade was about. When those F-35s were flying overhead. Uh, yeah, I'm proud to be an American song comes it comes on and it's like, yeah, stand at attention, start saluting these airplanes. Like a real man. And so as I'm going to sleep that night, October 20th, after these F-35s flew over, I'm like, oh, I'm going to read a little bit about what, what was going on. What sort of drill? And I had just talked about a airborne invasion, a Russian airborne invasion, I think, in one of my ranting and raving <laughs> lunatic episodes. Oh, man. I should delete that one. The, the Ryan Seacrest bet episode yeah listen to that at your own risk i mean really that's, that's wild that's a wacky one some of my best work i was just talking about it and then these f-35s fly over i'm like what was that what's going on there what's going on airborne invasion of the f-35 i've only seen them a few times they fly over on fourth of july and anyway anyway so i'm at pine view as i'm looking it up like an hour after i'm falling asleep says F-35 crash at Hill Air Force Base in Utah. Keep in mind, I'm like outside, sleeping outside that night to prepare myself for being homeless because I don't have any money. I'm not just going to work a shitty job to be a slave. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to choose to do that. I have a little bit more dignity, I guess, and self-respect, really. Yeah, maybe it's too much. Maybe I'm too narcissistic or conceited. I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's what I was doing was just, okay, I'm going to sleep outside tonight so I can prepare to be homeless. F-35 crash? That's from tonight? Wait a minute. Like, it was confusing, right? The planes that I just saw an hour before flying over Salt Lake City, Utah, beautiful Taylorsville, Utah, it had crashed. And I was like, come on, it didn't crash. It crashed. The pilot ejected. The plane crashed. And I had just like read about the F-35 as well and read all about the South Korean crash or the, the South Korean pilot who's very skilled who belly landed the airplane, the aircraft, after he heard a bunch of noises. The functionality of the airplane was diminished a lot severely and he had to belly land it. The landing gear can't come down. It wasn't working. He successfully belly landed it too without ejecting. Like that's a good pilot, man. That's a brave pilot too. I'm sure all pilots have to be brave. I'm not into flying myself. I'm not trying to say that the pilot uh, who ejected at Utah Hill Air Force Base is any, you know, whatever, is a coward for ejecting because that's got to be freaking terrifying. It's, yeah, it takes a lot of courage too to eject out of those things. I think the... Uh, the reports I was reading, the percentage of the, the probability of receiving neck damage between a certain weight is, is, is like almost 100% for some. So that's no picnic to eject out of a, a crashing airplane. I would 
take a lot of courage too. Um, but I couldn't believe it. I just, I couldn't, I was like this airplane, the most sophisticated fifth generation fighter jet, it just crashed. Now it's a top secret investigation. Shouldn't this sophisticated airplane have like a black box so it doesn't need an investigation of what went wrong? Like, um, and don't the taxpayers have like at least some like, right to know where their money's going and what happened to this expensive aircraft? The F-35 is the most expensive weapon in American history, in American history. Atomic bombs, nuclear weapons. Check out this F-35. <laughs> that's, that's weird to me and it's suspect to me that this plane just crashed. They have to do an investigation into it and it's top secret, no one will ever know. And I guess the Korean pilot or his aircraft, there's some reports I read that that was a bird. They hit a bird or birds are a bird. That's like, I'm just scratching my head over here. Like this airplane that costs taxpayers around a trillion dollars here, is just crashing uh, sort of from birds and then also just randomly in Utah. And there's a little bit more to the story with those F-35s. I guess I can probably answer yeah, long-winded. It's, it's Friday. It's Friday. Bring it home. I'll bring it home. Those F-35s that are here in Utah, at least four of them were purchased by Turkey, the country Turkey. And in 2020, the United States was like, Turkey, you don't get those. We're keeping those. We're going to keep your airplanes and the money that you paid for them. And we're not going to give you any airplanes because I guess Turkey bought some Russian missiles, Russian missile defense things. I don't know. I don't know. If you buy F-35s, you should get them. Just like anything else. You sell something on eBay, you should get paid for it. And when that type of shit, shady shit happens... Other shady shit starts to happen too. Like, it, it starts to get weird. Like eBay. <laughs> They're shady shit. Start flying first class over. Okay, all right. All right. But, like, it made me pause that night on October 20th as I'm sleeping outside preparing for homelessness. This airplane that costs anywhere between $75 million and $220 million, it just crashes. And that's it. Oh, we'll have to wait for the investigation for the answers and truth to come out. Meanwhile, there's a, what, 25% chance or higher that one of these planes that flew overhead? That I saw fly overhead. I heard. I saw them. I witnessed them. Um, they belong to Turkey now, is it? I don't know what's going on in Utah. I don't know what's going on in the world or the United States. But it's not, something's not right here. It's just not adding up to me. Furthermore, the witnesses at Utah Hill Air Force Base, I keep saying Utah Hill, the Hill Air Force Base here in Utah, they heard a noise that didn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. And they knew there was something wrong with the plane. It sounds similar to the South Korean F-35 incident. The South Korean incident happened in January. So about, what, nine months ago? Ten months ago? So within the same year. 
within the same year, there's noises or bangs coming from the aircraft, and then it crashes or belly lands, but it's not functional anymore. I think that the witnesses at Hill Air Force Base here in Utah noticed that bank left. It just, it just turned a hard left. There's a noise that takes a hard left, pilot ejects. And, and like everyone's still insisting that reports I've read, but we need this airplane. The investment, the cost of the investment, I think that's a sunk cost fallacy. That doesn't mean anything. It just means you're losing more money. Guilty of it too. Like it's pretty easy to get caught in that sunk cost fallacy trap, especially when there's a, a large sum of money. Absolutely. But that's $75 million. And there's a lot of people that could have used that money a lot. And overall, a trillion dollars, there's a ton of people that could, could have used that money too, that taxpayer money. And you have countries like Sweden who have generous welfare programs to keep people off the street, to make sure people have food and they're, and they're happy. I, I don't think anyone wants to like just live off the government or just live off of what... People want to do something with their lives. Uh, constructive, creative skilled labor or not, or just sit around and couch potato. I mean, does it really matter? A, a government should still take care of its citizens. But the United States, for some reason, is so skewed and backwards, and the, the work culture here in the United States is so, like, off. It, just off. Like, that's the answer to all of your problems, is get a job. Just get a job. So that your taxes can fund these expensive weapons that just crash whether it's fractions of a penny of your paycheck, of your hourly wage, that washing dishes, your shitty job that you took that no one else wanted to take, that doesn't pay the bills, if a fraction of a few cents from your taxes that are taken out, your income tax, your state taxes, it's still going towards those programs. And that's a lot of, that's, those are expensive-ass programs, man. And if they're failing, why... Why would anyone in their right mind want to contribute to that and, and be a slave? It doesn't make sense. And the encouragement from others, like, just get a, just get a job. Like, that's the gauge of progress in life, is just to get a shitty job to go backwards. Like, I don't, I don't see it that way. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry. But I'm not going to. Like, I, I'm not going to allow myself to go backwards because I've already lost everything as it is. But furthermore... I'm not going to contribute to these failing programs that don't care about their citizens. Freedom isn't free. We have to protect the nation by crashing these airplanes. I'm not blaming the pilot. I think there's something going on with the airplanes or it was attacked through an airborne attack. I recently stated that in a podcast earlier that week. On top of that, yeah, here comes Jesse Ventura. Microwaves. That's right, Jesse was taken down by... Microwaves. Plane was attacked through microwaves. The F-35 at Hill Air Force Base crashed because of microwaves. When you have leftovers after Thanksgiving dinner, you warm up your leftovers in a microwave. When it comes to like aluminum cans or aluminum and, and metal, like forks and pots and pans, you can't put them into a microwave. I don't know. Maybe I am a full-blown conspiracist and what have you, but 
I'm not joining, I'm not thinking in the box with everybody else. I, I've, I've uh, essentially removed myself from that mode of thinking. I can see what happens when you, when you just get caught in that trap. Now, I want some answers, people. I want some answers. I want to figure this out. If no one's willing to give me any answers, I'll just come up with a bunch of theories and throw those at the wall and see what sticks. And just the face value research that I've done here with these F-35s belonging to Turkey, like, did that, was one of those planes, is that the plane that belonged to Turkey? Is that one of them? Because that would be probably a clue as to why it crashed. Some sort of sabotage or... I know those planes have um, issues with cybersecurity while they're flying around. Sort of like electromagnetic pulse uh, devices do we have out there? Is there anything that's measurable out there at that time? Have you guys seen the trucks driving around Salt Lake with the black tarps thing? Have you guys seen it? What's underneath those tarps? Um, do we know that? Should we? It, are, is it? I've been talking about this for a little while now. And to have one of those airplanes crash, it, it I don't know, it's probably not healthy for someone in my uh, mental state to have something like that happen. But it did. And I say it's not healthy because it probably reinforces some of the ideas that I already had with those black, those trucks and those black tarps. Like, what's underneath those? It could it, hey, Jesse, do you think, what's underneath those black tarps? Do you think it could possibly be microwave? But if you're going to take everyone's taxpayer money and just flush it down the toilet and you expect everyone just to get a shitty job just for the sake of getting a job to, as a gauge of their personal progress in life, Instead of like looking at all their actual real accomplishments and progress in life, it has to, it's all dependent on getting a job. Like that's the culture, that's the society we live in right now in today's post-pandemic dystopian present. And it has to change and it's going to change. It, there's no way, there's no way it can continue the way it is with inflation and wages that are going up at the same time, faster than the Fed thought. Like, they could have got on this a lot sooner before everything got out of hand. But they didn't. People make mistakes all the time. Guilty. But just to, like, expect everyone to take a shitty job, that's the that's a wrong approach, too. And I don't. it's not going to work. Because at, at, at some point here, whether it's the near future or down the road, when people are leaving at the end of the day of their shitty job, realizing... They don't have enough money for gas. They don't have enough money for food. And they're barely making rent work. Maybe, maybe not. Like, what's the point? What's the point? Thanks so much for listening. You guys are the coolest. Good luck. Take care. Hey, everyone. I just realized that I was talking about Bruce Springsteen in, the, in one, at, at one part there and i was like well don't remind me later i had a dream about bruce springsteen and i don't i don't look i don't even like new jersey but <laughs> or artists from new jersey i, I love senses fail though senses fail is the best band that ever lived um i had a dream about bruce springsteen and he was playing like this tambourine and, and hitting this harmonica and it was a it was a while he was wearing boots but he was really nice he was really, really nice to me in my dream. He's like, hey, Blaine, come over here. I was like, you're playing a tambourine and hitting that harmonica. He's like, yep. And just starts playing. It was cool, and everyone's crowding around. I was like, I'm Bruce Springsteen's friend. It was awesome. <laughs>